0: Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. It's now the 28th day of August 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from a solid baseball studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and former Detroit Tigers pitcher, Dan Petrie. First and foremost, I know, I, I think I've done this in the other August uh, 28th that I've done the podcast, I've done August 28th, 2013, 2014, and 2015, you can go check uh, go check SullyBaseball.com today where I do my podcast rewind. I go back and I, re, you know, I repost the podcasts of each specific day. For those of you who are relatively new to the show, uh, you can go back, listen to past episodes. It's my way of giving back. It's my way of saying, hey, the, this is, you're, you're involved in the, the River Sully right now. This is, this is the River Sully that just keeps on flowing. You can jump in the river. You, could go, you can get in that inner tube. Jump in the river, float downstream, and then grab a branch and climb off. And then another day, say I'm going to jump back in. I don't expect anyone to be on every second of the river. What are you, Huck Finn? But enjoy it. This is this is always here. I'm always here for you. That's the that's the promise of this podcast. Is oh, man, know, yeah, well, I'm not in the mood for sully. Not everyone's always in the mood for sully. I got news to you. Even I'm not always in the mood for sully, and I'm goddamn sully. But, you know, if you want in, yeah, dip your toe in. Go cannonball in a little Sully. And you can, you know, you can sample some of the other ones, and sometimes you hear some of the, you know, I don't know, sometimes you hear me, my evolution of thoughts, and sometimes you hear the fact that I've been pretty consistent. Um, I think on the other days I may have mentioned that it was, uh, this is my, my grandfather's birthday. My grandfather, Dr. R. Edward Vioni. Who uh, has not been with us? He he is he's long since passed away. He passed away when I was seven years old, um, so he's been gone for about a year. And he you know, he died in the late seventies. And a lot of people say that I look like him. And I loved my my pa very dearly. And I used to watch a lot of baseball games with him. He was a huge Yogi Berra fan. And Yogi Berra passed away last. Um, I believe it was last September, about a year ago. And I, there was a part of me felt that with that gone, it was a little bit like Pa was gone as well. And so every year at this time, I give a little salute to my grandpa who died when I was very young but made a great impression on me, and I miss you. I miss you, Pa, and I think you'd like your great-grandkids. Call me crazy. Okay. Enough of this real emotion stuff because we got some baseball to cover, and it is the Sunday request. This is going to be, without a doubt, the strangest Sunday request uh, I've ever done. That, that I have no part of me uh, is uh, doubts the fact that I'm about to embark in the strangest Sunday request of all time. Uh, because it's not really your typical Sunday request. Most time to do a Sunday request is someone has a question that they ask me. And they're like, hey, Sully, what did you think about the fact that the, I don't know, the brewers chew a lot of gum? Just whatever, whatever's on your mind, I'll cover. But this is one that I feel like, man, I think I need to clarify something. I've had, you know, shows where I basically come at some of my... Readers. You know, the the Pete Rose stuff is something always like I get always a little oh you know, a little wound tight about. Just because I feel like I have to explain over and over again. It's the same sentences being said all the time. Like, oh, here's why it's not like steroids. Okay, here's why betting on baseball, even if you're betting on your team to win, is bad for baseball, blah blah blah. All this different stuff. Uh, And I've gone at some people like that. But I feel like I need to clarify because, as I mentioned before, some people have jumped in the river not at the mouth of the river, not at the source of the river, but now midway through. And maybe over the years, sort of subconsciously, I've assumed that everyone understands how everything works here on the River Sully. So let me go over something. Every day... I announce who won baseball. That's part of the ritual of the regular season. I look at the, I, you know, I, I pick the, in the American League, the National League, the best hitter and the best pitcher, on a winning team gets a full wab. best winning and, and a best uh, hitter and pitcher from both leagues, get a half wob from a losing team, uh, if I feel that it is, you know, that's at my discretion. I always have to award who owns baseball, but who gets a full WAB, but the half WAB is at my discretion. And and I think the concept of the half WAB and the full WAB need to be clarified because I'm starting to get more and more uh, tweets about this topic. And maybe I have to sort of open up my brain a little bit to you, as scary a thought as that may be, to have you understand a little bit of the thought process that your pal Sully goes through when putting together this kind of list. Now, the the Sully request, uh, the two people I'm going to quote, um, Mike B., whose Twitter handle, is the extraordinarily member uh, memorable at MB92383. Oh, just rolls right off the tongue. And asked me, does a player have to come from a winning team to own baseball? Well, the theory we got the fastest uh, Sunday request of all time, yes. And then followed up said, okay, thanks. If a guy went four for four with four home runs, but his team lost, you don't call that owning it. Ah, so this is a challenge to the veracity and the 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 – uh, the very nature of Wob is being challenged right down to its bones. I get it. I get it. Now the other person is someone who is a uh, you know who's a fan of the the show, and I think has done a Sunday request before. So he's certainly no uh, he's no spring chicken in terms of traveling down the River Sully, Jim Furlong. Whose handle is Ewok in LA? Uh, I gave the half wob on Wednesday to Johnny Cueto in the one nothing Dodger win against San Francisco. And he said no half wob for Rich Hill. And I said no. And that day the full wob went to Jose Fernandez, who's, who had a wonderful game. And he said just seems odd to give a half wob. To the loser of a 1-0, but not to the winner. Both through six, Johnny had Cueto uh, had a lower game score than Hill. Okay. So it's become clear to me, I need to clarify Wob. I need to clarify the how your pal Sully does who owns baseball. And maybe... The first thing I have to do is kind of give a little background on this, give a little background of what I do, um, how it's evolved, because it has evolved, and, and in the same time respond to Jim Furlong and to uh, respond to Mike B, and maybe you'll get a clearer understanding of why I set it up like this. Okay. Um, who owns baseball started? I, I, I began the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast, as I mentioned at the top of the show, on October 24th, 2012. That's when the River Sully began. That's the source. Some of you have been listeners from before that, because I actually had a podcast before the Daily one. I had a weekly one, which I, uh, I don't re-release. I, I'm not 100% happy with, and there's a reason I shut that down. And picked it back up. I shut it down early in 2012. Took a bunch of months off. There was other stuff going on in my life at the time where doing a podcast just was not in the cards. And then I decided, you know what, I need to do a podcast. I'm happy doing a podcast. I'm going to do it every day. And that crazy decision, when I was still trying to figure out some things in my life, but that crazy decision to say screw it I'm going to do a podcast every day starting from now I was working for a television show that was going to take me to West Virginia and some of the early episodes of the podcast I'm in West Virginia okay but I said I'm just going to do this I'm going to start and I did one and of course the first day you do something I'm going to do this every day um you know, that doesn't mean anything. A lot of people claim stuff, and then they lose interest. You get that... There was that initial rush of, I'm doing something new that's creative, and I'm going to do this every day, and it's going to be great. And when that rush ends, that's when you determine your own... That That shows a lot about your character. When the rush is over, do you continue doing it? Now, the fact that I am... I am over 1,400 straight days of doing this, may tell you something about me. It may tell you something about my sanity, but it also tells you a little something about how I follow through. Now the idea of me stopping is that's the rush. You know, there was a point like in you know, March of 2013, I said, God, I'm doing this every day. Uh, I do, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a break. I'll pick it up in the regular season or some shit like that. And I said, no, I'm going to do it every day. And so that tells, the reason I'm telling you that is it gives you a little background of how my mind works. I start something, and then the idea of carrying it out becomes the rush. For a lot of people, it's the beginning. And for me, it's how do I get to that ending? And for some things, how do I keep it from ending ending? like this podcast. I really hope I'm 80 years old, and I'm still doing it. I could say that I haven't missed since I sat down at my kitchen table in South Pasadena in 2012. So, what does this have to do with Holland's baseball? On opening day of 2013, I wrote a tweet because both Clayton Kershaw of Los Angeles and Bryce Harper of Washington had tremendous opening days. I, don't, I mean, I think Kershaw threw a complete game shutout and hit a homer, and I think Harper hit a pair of homers. It was just they both had just phenomenal first days. And I just wrote out a tweet that said, Bryce Harper and Clayton Kershaw own baseball today. That's what I did. Now, I'm going to pull back the, another thing that your pal Sully did. Because I have a certain amount of for the lack of a better term, the tenacity that I have in terms of my what I do for Sully Baseball, what I do in terms of how we exist online, when I get an idea for something, I, I don't think it's fun unless you see it through to the end. So there have been some years where I did I did a thing for the Red Sox called Teeth Grinders. And dodged bullets and what that was was every single game that the Red Sox played uh, I did this in 2009 and I started in 2010 but then they fell out of contention and then 2011 I did it as well and every time I felt like they were playing a game where I where this thought crossed my mind oh we're not gonna win this game and they wound up winning it that was called a dodged bullet every time I thought, man, we've got this game, we've won, and they wound up losing it, that was called a teeth grinder. And it's emotional. It is, it is not a statistic. It is not a, a uh, uh, it is not mathematic. It's, a, it's, an emotional, it's an emotional stat. And so I tried to see, if we tallied that all year, would there be more games that you felt like, would it be positive or negative? be like run differential. Would there be more games that they've won they th- that you think, oh, man, uh, they pulled that one out? Or more games that you think, oh, let that slip away. And I found out something interesting. In 2009, the Red Sox had a negative teeth grinder to Dodge Bullet. They blew more games than they pulled out of the fire. Obviously, a game where they blow the other team out or they're blown out by another team isn't going to add to this tally. When they pulled the tremendous collapse in 2011, that year they actually won more games that they pulled out than they let slip away, which you would think would be the opposite. In 2009, they made the postseason, and in 2011, they famously fell short. And I did that through the end of the year, those two years, in 2012, when it became obvious that the Red Sox were going to be terrible, I stopped. and said, well, there's no, te- there's no teeth grinding when your team's not in contention. And oddly, I said, you know what, they're, they're going to stink in 2013, so I'm not even going to try that year. And as it turned out, that was the year they won the World Series. Okay. But again, that's my mindset. I come up with a little idea like that. And I have to see it to the end, because that's how I'm wired. So I wrote that tweet, just a random tweet, sent it out. I I gave it no thought. You know, Clayton Kershaw, Bryce Harper, their own baseball. Boom, went on with my day. And then that horrible thing happened. That horrible thing, which was, hey, I have an idea. Oh, God damn it. I can't tell you how many times I said, God damn it. I have an idea. Because now I have to do it. Otherwise, it's going to eat me alive. Eat me alive. As I go all Ricardo Montalban and Ratha Khan. So, think about this for a second. I said that passing. I could have said something else. I said, man, Clayton Kershaw, buy him a soda. But the idea of owning baseball. And I thought, I wonder if each day I tally who owned it for that day what the tally would look like at the end of the year i thought that in april and the only way it was interesting to me was if i saw it through to the end of the season so the first year i did so i writing up on mlbreports.com and i kept the tally now the first year i did it there was only a full WOB. The the one weird thing is I gave a half wob to the second place finisher of the home run derby. I don't I know it doesn't make sense. But I only gave I said who had the best, who owned National League, American League pitching, National League, American League hitting. And I and I gave a heavy um I, I gave a heavy leaning towards subjective things, like, hey, if they if someone uh got a if, if someone got a hit off of Clayton Kershaw, that would have more merit than someone getting three hits off of some schmuck who just came up from Pawtucket. And there was also some emotional things like, ah, oh, do you want this guy only got one hit, but it was a walk-off home, or this guy got screwed by the umpire, so he deserves something. So there was it was much more emotional, but there was also I saw because I was leaning so much towards awarding someone from a winning team, it did not give a t- player on a losing team, it put them at, a, at, a, at an unfair handicap. So at the end of the year, I took a look at who owned baseball. National League, and this is 2013, the first year I did it. Paul Goldschmidt was the National League hitter who owned baseball. Clayton Kershaw was the National League pitcher. Tough to argue either one. Kershaw finished one ahead of Adam Wainwright. The American League hitter was Miguel Cabrera. Again, not a bad choice. He was one ahead of Chris Davis. And the American League pitcher was a three-way tie between Max Scherzer, Matt Moore, and RA Dickey. That's weird. That's a weird three-way tie. So as it turned out, I thought, do you know what? This needs a revamp. So the second year I did it, and this is where you two who wrote in need to listen in. The second year I did it, I decided that because it was so, in many ways, unfairly tipped towards players on a winning team, that I had to add the... Half wob. But in order to do that, I had to do a hard, fast rule that I had to make a clear separation. Full wobs went to the players on a team that won, half wobs went to award a player on a team that lost. Now, you could say that's unfair. As um what's I just I just lost his name here. As Mike B pointed out, if a guy went four for four with four homers, his team lost, you don't call that owning. And I said, no, I do. I do. And they earned a half wob. Earlier this year, on June 15th, 2016, Freddie Freeman hit for the goddamn cycle for the Atlanta Braves but the Braves lost the game. So Freddie Freeman hit for the cycle, and that was good for a half-wob. I hate to say it, but Harvey Haddix, with his 12 perfect innings, would have received a half-wob because the Pirates lost the game. Is that fair? No. No, it's not. But fair is overrated. Fair has nothing to do with anything. Now, as it turned out, by adjusting it so team players on losing teams could build up their total as well, and a great player who happens to, you know, be on a winning team but, you know, could bolster the tally if his team loses, the final tally that year in 2014 was, again, Clayton Kershaw, Felix Hernandez, Andrew McCutcheon, Mike Trout. Really, really tough to argue with those results in 2014. Last year, the results were kind of strange. Clayton Kershaw again, once again, Clayton Kershaw had the final wob total. Once again, Mike Trout. Uh, Dallas Keichel, who won the uh, Cy Young Award, got the uh, who owns baseball for the season. But the strange one was Joey Votto. Joey Votto. Squeak past Goldschmidt and McCutcheon and I do believe it's because day in and day out as the Reds stunk you saw Joey Votto was putting up tremendous numbers now why do I have to have this hard fast rule because if I start to really really break down the statistics and say, well, this one was on a losing team, but it was actually a better player than this, and this player was doing that, and that player was doing that, do you what will happen? I will snap. I will go bananas. I will lose my any semblance of rational thought. I will go insane. Someone wrote me a tweet and said, hey, do you know what? What you should do is you should give a quarter wob to every player who has the best performance on a team that wins for the entire, you know, every game. And on the losing, you get an eighth wob. but the two best of those, so you still reward full wobs and half wobs. and for the rest of it, you give out quarter wobs and, and eighth wobs. And I remember I was telling that to Cubs fan with an eight when I was at the game, and I think I mentioned it on the podcast, and I said, damn it, that's a great idea. But here's the deal. I want you to think about this for a second. I do this podcast every day. I'm also the producer of Real Crime Profile, which is another podcast, which is a popular podcast available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Go listen to it. I also am a father. I also have a job. This is not my job. I would love it if this were my job, but this is not my job. And every day, I figure out who owns baseball. And while it has become more statistic-oriented than the first year when it was more feel, I check and I go to the ESPN, I go to MLB.com, I look at the best performers of the day, I try to put it in a context. Yeah, this guy got three hits, but this person got two hits off of a better pitcher, and one of them was a game winner. You know, I still weigh things like that. And do you know what? If I started really analyzing it, breaking it down, I, I would either lose my job or my family. I get no money from this. The only thing I do is satisfy a bet I made with myself after writing a damn tweet in 2013 to see if I can pull this off for the entire season. I had to simplify. After making it more complicated, I had to simplify the process. Because do you want, if I really sat down, put on the green visor, said, okay, now let's really analyze this. Now, should he get a half watch? No, here, four of them, boom, 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 boom. I got to go to bed. I need to get some sleep. I need to relax a little bit, which clearly I'm not right now. So here's the deal. For those of you out there who don't like how I do WAP, who don't like my method, or don't agree with the results, or don't think that, hey, just you know, you should have someone from a losing team or a win team, I do that so I can make it easier for myself. Okay? Nobody's salary is going to be dictated on this. No one's going to arbitration saying, well, you know what, uh, Sully uh, gave half a wab to him, and I think you'd better keep that in mind. No, I do this as a goof. I do this because, eh, it's kind of funny. And if you don't agree, as I said, if you don't like my methodology, like I said, here's what you do. You do one. You own baseball. You come up with this stat, and you do it every day. You know, there's more than one form of war. your know, Fangraph war says this. Baseball reference war says that. Well, guess what? Sully Wobb says this. Tell me what your Wobb says. It costs me zero dollars and zero cents to figure out who owns baseball. You know that, right? That's my budget. That's what I spend every year figuring out who owns baseball. No money. Everyone listening to my voice right now can afford that. All it takes is time and discipline. And if you want to make changes, it's very simple. Next season, and I'm throwing the gauntlet down here. I'm dead serious. Everyone listening to my voice right now, I want someone out there to do their WOB and do it, and we'll compare it. I'd love that. We have a Sully WOB, and we'll what? We'll have an Ewok in L.A. WOB. We'll have a Cubs fan with an 8 WAB. Whatever, whoever else is listening to me. Go ahead and do it, but here's the thing. Don't miss a day. You can't miss a day. Your pal Sully doesn't, and you don't. And Wob doesn't work if you miss a day. Trust me, this is my fourth year doing it. All because I wrote a tweet. So thanks, you two, for writing in. And you can check the up to date listings of Who Owns Baseball on MLBreports.com. Go to SolidBaseball.com, like my Facebook server, on iTunes, South YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, and everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kalisky. This has been the Solid Baseball Daily Podcast for Sunday, August 28th, 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Just do it, and you can call me Son.